2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average 12-Month Savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Former Raiders receiver Henry Ruggs appeared in court yesterday on charges of felony DUI resulting in death. Some of the details, horrifying. His Corvette going 156 miles per hour, just two seconds before impact with the Toyota RAV4 that, uh, the collision resulted in the death of the 23 year old driver. Also blood alcohol content more than twice the legal limit here is Raiders coach, Rich Passaccia and quarterback Derek Carr from Wednesday, talking about the rug situation.
0: First of all, uh, we want to express our sincere condolences to the victim's family. Um, person lost their life yesterday morning Uh, and and we think it's important to keep focus on that as we talk about this tragic event. Um, We're we're deeply saddened for everyone affected, especially the victim's family. That being said, we love Henry Ruggs. and want him to know that. His terrible lapse in judgment of the most horrific kind It's something that he'll have to live with the rest of his life. The gravity of the situation is not lost on anyone here. And we understand and respect the loss of life.
3: He needs people to love him right now. Um, He's probably feeling a certain type of way about himself right now. And he needs to be loved. And uh, if no one else will do it, I'll do it.
2: Yesterday, Reminded me of what we said yesterday, that there's still a human being here who has to deal with the aftermath of this horrifying event. He knows he's responsible. He knows what he did. And the details that came out yesterday make it more clear. And look, on one hand, the, the, the range, very broad range under Nevada law for this crime is two to 20 years. Based upon the details that I heard yesterday, he should probably get the full 20. But at the same time, there's a human being there whose life will go on after those twenty years end if he does get the maximum. And you know, Chris, if it was my daughter that died in that accident, I would want to kill Henry Ruggs with no doubt, own two hands.
4: Right. I hear you. I would too. But if
2: it was my son that was driving that Corvette, yeah. I I would I would you know what What do you do What do you do at that point yeah.
4: You'd be angry you know, at them Why are you that stupid But you'd love them to death too Like you But, you, but yeah.
2: you're But your 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 as a parent to to go through either of those traumas Yeah changes your life forever right. This event has affected. So many lives in a negative way. And Henry Ruggs is responsible for it. He got behind the wheel of that Corvette when he was .161 blood alcohol content. The legal limit in every state is .08. That was wrong. That was criminal. He drove a Corvette 156 miles per hour. 156, not on some track somewhere, on downtown streets in Las Vegas, 156. He was going 127 when the airbags deployed Ooh. and all this stuff is calculated immediately by the onboard computers in these cars now right. they, they know they, right. they, they can tell yeah so um it's inexcusable and it's indefensible but there's still a human being that's, that's right. involved in all of this that's got to go on with his life after 20 years if he does get 20 and if i would want a hundred if i was the, the father of the girl who was killed in this accident. So this is a horrible situation. And, you know, what I said yesterday is no matter how long he spends in prison, I hope Henry Ruggs dedicates his life to going around to any school that will let him in and talking to the kids there about his experience so they can learn it through him. Because I think what happens is, you know, you go about your life as you're a kid. You just, you, you, and, and then some tragic event happens and you're like, holy crap, I had no idea. This is a way for him to affirmatively teach the lesson and maybe save lives. Once he does his time. And again, I'd say full 20 at this point. Yeah. Based on the details that came out yesterday. Mhm. But but if there's you know, I there's got to be some good in here somewhere that comes out of it over the long haul and I hope he uses his experience as a way to get others to realize just press the button on your damn phone and the car shows up. And you go home, and you need to know when to do that. And, uh, you know, maybe on nights like that, if you know you're going to be drinking, you don't even take your car out. You Use use Uber or Lyft to get you
4: where you're going, and use Uber or Lyft to get you home. Yeah. No, I mean, I know. You made that point yesterday. I mean, yeah, I, I hear you all the way there. I, I mean, with, with Henry Ruggs, it's a horrible incident. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible. He's, he's horrible for what he did. But I think you said it right. You don't just abandon the guy. You know, I, I appreciate the comments there by Rich Bisacci and Derek Carr. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a relationship with him. You know, they do care for him. They understand how bad and egregious this this horrible mistake was and that how wrong he was. But, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think the Raiders had any choice here in this situation. We said yesterday there's it's very odd that a team would release a guy that quickly after that type of incident. Usually – you know, there is a little compassion shown or he's put on the commissioner exempt list and then after the season, it's over. But yeah, but these type of details, you you, you can't fault the I haters. understand now. Yeah, understand exactly. Now. We know as soon as it came out, I went, well, there one. it is. Right, yeah. exactly right. With, a, with, I believe, a loaded gun in the car, right? That's another aspect of this that we didn't, haven't even mentioned yet. I mean, so it's a horrible look. And I think you said it exactly right. But yeah, hopefully... At some point after he serves his time, he can you know shed some light and save some other people's lives by like what you said, educating young kids, educating other NFL football players. He's not the first NFL football player to drive a car 156 miles per hour. I can tell you that they can't. I mean, this is again, this is part of what makes NFL players—they're they're they're renegades. Most of them are absolute renegades. If we were back in the Wild West and we had six shooters, they'd be the guys going, let's get outside and take 20 steps and let's go for it. I've had enough of you. That's the kind of mindset we are talking about here. And he's a young kid, and he made a horrible, horrible mistake. I feel for the family, and like you said, I hope he can um, maybe make some good of this in the future.
2: And – I'm curious about a lot of things. I don't know uh, between being a reporter and being a former lawyer, i I, I want to know who he was drinking with, who else was in a position to maybe keep him from getting behind the wheel, were there other teammates involved, you know what where where was he? Where was he, and what was he doing, and who was he doing it with? and and those are all questions that hopefully will be answered at some point. but um yeah, I, I think the Raiders have handled it appropriately. i I think that that he deserves the maximum punishment that the law would allow under a situation like this, Yeah, but we can't lose sight of the fact that there's a human being here who's going to have to live with this every day for the rest of his life. And if he has any conscience, if he has any human emotion or compassion within himself, he will be haunted and tormented by this every day for the rest of his life, as he should be. Yeah. But I, I just, I hold out hope that, that he will be motivated to maybe help save a life at some point down the line nothing he does at this point can undo what he did but maybe he can in a roundabout way help prevent these kinds of things from happening in the future it's inexcusable it's unfathomable in today's society but it still happens and hopefully we'll get to a point where it doesn't let's take a break there's a game tonight week nine begins with the jets and the colts we'll talk about that when pft live continues right after this
4: After a game like Sunday, it was pretty
3: obvious how much that one stunk you personally, Carson, etc. How do you process the game after that? Do you go home, do you watch the tape right away? How does (coughs) Sunday play out? Yeah, you know, came into the office right away after the game. Come back over here? Yeah, you know, just come right over here, you know, watch the tape, especially because of Thursday night. If it wasn't Thursday night, probably not. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But Thursday night game, got to come in here, you know, get through it and, and move on to the next one, learn. You know, like... I used to use, it, I use this term, kind of drag yourself through the mud, you know, like some people don't like to drag themselves through the mud. There's probably a, a point where it's not healthy to drag, your, drag yourself through the mud. But uh, my experience is that if you don't drag yourself through the mud, you don't get the full benefit of the experience of how you, how we can get, how I can get better, how we can get better as a team. And uh, so, and it means a lot to you. So, uh, I, I sometimes kid with the coaches, saying, hey, way. I got another about another hour of dragging myself through the mud, and then I'll snap out of it, and then we'll move, and then you know we'll all move forward."
2: Well said, Frank Reich, Colts head coach, and that's what you got to do. And yeah. you know, there's something to be said for having another train immediately on the tracks just a few days later. No you doubt. can't wallow in misery for what might have been against the Titans, and the Colts have to be. Even more miserable when they realize, as we said yesterday, no Derrick Henry now, maybe for the rest of the season for the Titans. What an opportunity the Colts blew to tighten it up and still have an opportunity to take the division. They still may. They got to yeah. make up four games in nine but we'll see what the titans can do starting on sunday night football against the rams but you know chris even though the jets are two and five and the colts are three and five number one it's football number two it's on tv right number three there's nothing else i'm going to be watching tonight (laughs) yeah and and i'm intrigued by this an old afc east rivalry renewed right jets used to be with the colts in the afc east the colts moved to the afc south 20 years ago i kind of like this and let's start with the jets when they have the ball mike white playing again How do you think it's going to look? Well, I don't think
4: it's going to look like last week, okay? I don't think he's going to throw for 400 yards. Uh, I think the, the way that the Indianapolis Colts play defense is a little different than the Cincinnati Bengals. I also think they're going to sit there and go, wait, Cincinnati kept giving up all these short, easy completions to Mike White. I mean, he never attempted a pass over 20 yards. Two of the three leading receivers on his team were the running backs out of the backfield. So, that, to me, is where it's going to be a different game. Like, Mike White, with the way the Colts play defense, they have a good front four that can pressure you and, and get in the face of the quarterback. He's going to have to make some plays. He is. Now, the Jets, the run game, it shows signs of life. This kid right here, Ty Johnson's a hell of a player. Their, their fourth-round pick, Michael Carter, right here on the screen. I mean, again, this is laying out perfectly for me because you can see all the short passes that are being thrown here other than one touchdown. It – that they that 's where they got something i mean this this michael carter he 's the real deal i mean he 's perfect for the modern day NFL because again, another short pass to him for his ability to run, but he 's a great pass catcher out of the backfield but the the Colts play a defense where they 're going to take that stuff away they 're not and it 's going to they 're not going to let that happen and die that slow death so that 's where I think it 's going to be a tougher struggle for the Jets on the offensive side of the ball as compared to what I looked at as a underwhelming performance by the Bengals because they beat the Ravens. And there was that psychological part of the situation and they kind of played, let's just drop back and play it safe and he'll screw it up. And he tried to screw it up early on, but he then at some point gotten a rhythm and I and I not mean the bangles just never adjusted to where you're like, okay, he's completing passes. Now you can't just keep going back and playing soft. Like he's in a rhythm. Something's got to change. Uh, I don't see the Colts approaching it that way on the defensive side of the ball. And I really do
2: think that psychologically the Bengals went into that game. A hundred percent. This is a this is a it's, this is a check mark, and it proved me they're not proved me they're not ready to be an elite team because elite right. teams go into a situation like that's that right. and they kick ass.
4: That's right. I think they, you're exactly they don't, right. They don't
2: step on a rake.
4: It's the number like one the thing. Bengals. Like you know, my my dad and I we, we were having this conversation on my podcast yesterday, but like the number one thing that jumps out to you and, and you bring it up all the time. This is where you're great at picking games because you were very good at your psychoanalysis that way. Uh, would, and, well, wasn't good on Sunday, well, made the
2: Bengals the best
4: bet to cover, well, well, and they were okay. up thirty-one twenty. Well, I'm thinking, hey, had, baby, they, give me my money. I know, but you're right on that more times than not. And you're right; they were very close to being able to put that away a few times. Now the Jets made a few plays, uh, definitely, but no. You, I think you know you have a Jets team who came off getting you know walloped by the New England Patriots. And then you have, yes, like you said, the Bengals team coming off a big win of the Ravens with their chest puffed out, like, yeah, we're one of the best teams in the AFC. It's the NFL, like you said. It's even. The best team and the worst team is not that big of a gap. It's not like college football where it's going to be a 72 nothing blowout. That's not going to happen. you know. So the Jets will be a pain in the butt tonight, but I don't think they're as good as the Colts. I'm not giving up on the Colts yet. Yeah, they're 3-5. and five, But as we've talked about a lot this year, you know, 17-game season – I mean, they, they they could they could still get in easily at nine and eight. I mean, easily. We'll we'll see how this plays out, but I still think there's a lot of playoff qualities about the Colts football team, and that's why I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna totally abandon ship on them quite yet. Hey, there's three spots in the postseason
2: beyond what the division winners automatically lock up. So yep. even if they can't catch the Titans, they're not. Out of the That's question right. for a wild card berth because look at the struggles of the Chiefs. Yep. Look at where the Chargers are right now. Right. Look at what's going on with the Browns. Yeah. The Steelers are just above water. The Bengals losing to the Jets helps the Colts. The, the Colts, I think, this is one of those reestablish yourself type of a games. Uh, you know, I'm not, and again, we're, we're doing our, uh, our picks later, but I, 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 agree with you. I like what the Colts can do. I like what Jonathan Taylor's doing in the run game. And even though Carson Wentz needs to not try to be Superman, yes. because that's when he flies into a building, right? That he, if he can contain himself
4: and know when to pull the plug on a play, that's right. That, that will help too. Yes. A hundred percent. Hey, the Titans are, they're a good football team. I mean, like we kind of talked about, I mean they they were kind of rounding into one of the teams, you go, damn, they're definitely a Super Bowl contender in the AFC, like a hundred percent. You know, they they did some really good things in that football game. That's it's not an easy game. Of course it's also a divisional matchup. And the Titans have become like masters of the zone defense, a little bit like the New England Patriots are right now, where they know how to pass people off in every zone and they make life hard on you. And yeah, Carson Wentz, you know, He's played good football for the most part of the year. It was a little slow early on. He got hot here as of late. He ran into a buzzsaw with a divisional team that kind of knows their offense, knows some of the tricks of the trade, that what they like to do. And he compounded some of those mistakes and wouldn't get off receivers and, like you said, held the ball a little too long too many times. Uh, There were some definite blatant mistakes. The one thing I will say, though, too, is, like, you just mentioned it. Frank Reich's got to be more patient with the run game. Jonathan Taylor's too good to be only giving him 16 carries in a game where he had 70 yards, and it wasn't like one of those runs was 60 yards and the rest of it was nothing. You know, it was 16 carries, 70 yards, the longest run of the day was 12 yards. Now, what happened in the game a little bit, they got a bunch of holding calls on some uh, successful runs, excuse me, and I think that frustrated Frank Reich. But – he did a little bit of an injustice to his team that way. We're giving up on it a little bit and let the Colts, I mean, let the Titans just play pass defense after pass defense after pass defense. And uh, I-, I would imagine that's going to be a little bit different tonight, too. Now, the Jets' defense is no punk. You know, we see they can make a few plays and do things, but they're not overly talented. And I would think the Colts can move the ball on them a little bit. I mean, the Jets are going to be feeling confident,
2: but they did catch the Bengals at the perfect time. One of the things Mike White told me after the game to explain why he started 11 for 11 the Bengals just assumed they were going to run the ball it's his backup quarterback uh, that's you know, what I mean for Joe Flacco that's they don't what believe I, in him right and 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 so they I played vanilla a defenses
4: yes exactly right but yeah you're you're laying out thank you for even adding that That lays out the point I was trying to make more yeah they played very vanilla. like oh you know this is they're not going to be anything good let's not us take any chances and mess something up you know and that's fine but at some point you got to reevaluate and go wait that's not working anymore uh, and, and again, I think the Colts are a little bit more aggressive on the defensive side of the ball to where you know, they're going to force the Jets to have to make throws. Mike White make throws down the field in the pocket. He's not going to give them that highlight show we just showed there where every ball was a check down to the running back and the running back got to run for 15 yards after the catch. Uh, that, I would be shocked if that's the case tonight. Well, it should be a fun game just because, look. It's football. We're
2: already halfway through. This is the halfway point of the season. Week 18 will be here before you know it. Let's enjoy these standalone games while we can. And we've said this time and again, we're in the middle of information overload from 1 o'clock to 7 o'clock Eastern on Sunday with all these games happening at once. I love being able to watch one game at a time. I don't care who's playing. I love being able to watch one
4: game. I'm with you. It's it's, just something about it. You know, and of course, you 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 always learn a few things too. Uh, I mean, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck get to talk to the coaches. They get to hear a few little inside details that they bring out during the game. And you go, "Damn, that, that's that's good to know. That puts some things into context about things I've been questioning, you know, on film or or whatever else." So uh, I'm with you all the way. I can't wait. And and like you said, it's the NFL. I mean, these can these teams are so close, uh, and and it's very rarely a one-sided blowout type of football game. And I don't, I don't expect it to be that way tonight. I don't. You already know the status of Aaron Rodgers for week nine. When we
2: return, we'll give you some updates on other quarterbacks who still have a chance to play, including Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. We'll do that next here on PFT live
0: around any corner within every battle. And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines with the wells fargo active cash credit card you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need
2: I feel good, man. I feel really good. Oh, Blessed. I feel good.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Just uh, like I said, taking it one day at a time. Um, uh, not really putting anything on
4: it. Just, like I said, taking it one day at a time. See, what, see where it goes.
3: He's the type of player with his ability, uh, his understanding of the system now. As long as he's getting get the mental reps, and, um, we feel good about him going out there and executing
2: Kyler Murray injured his ankle late in last Thursday night's loss to the Packers. It was the play right before the throw to A.J. Green when A.J. Green didn't turn around for the ball. It was a miscommunication. Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday it was nobody's fault. And the ankle is nobody's fault. It just happens. It got tackled and you can injure your ankle. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Murray did not practice on Wednesday. He believes he can play even if he doesn't practice We'll see. They got a big game against the 49ers in Santa Clara on Sunday. Huge game for the 49ers. Cardinals trying to get back on the right track. Obviously, Chris, they need Kyler Murray.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, again, the, the 49ers with Trey Lance, they played them tough the first time around. It was 17 to 10. I mean, the 49ers had a lot of chances to win that football game. Their defense can match up with the Cardinals in a lot of ways, just because of their scheme. You know, they are a fast defense. So they can give them issues that way, certainly. Uh, they need Kyler Murray. There's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's a great matchup. It's I mean, it's a crucial, crucial game for the 49ers. You know, again, we know how good the NFC is, and there's certainly five, maybe six teams kind of separating themselves from the pack to where you're starting to look at it and go, man, we're getting close here and, and not too far away. Another few weeks where you might be looking at this going, there's only one place left. The seven seed for all these teams on the fringe. So a uh, big game for them. But yeah, Kyler Murray, is a, he's such a game changer in so many ways. Because of his athletic ability, he stresses a defense out because you always have to worry about him scrambling, some of the quarterback design runs, and then of course they have talent around him everywhere now too that makes it tough. And uh, yeah, I hope he does play because I like watching him play. You know, he's one of your favorite players. He's one of my favorite to watch too. And and they they definitely need to get back on the right track. Yep. You can't allow one
2: to become two right. because that can become three. And before you know it, yeah. the Rams are in control of the division. Right. It's critical that the Cardinals keep winning games and, and, and hold off the Rams, who uh, may not lose another one, frankly, the way they're going. The Broncos are at the Cowboys. Cowboys are 6-1 after losing week one and winning six in a row. They managed to win without Dak Prescott on Sunday night. Dak was limited at practice on Wednesday. He's expected to be full go on Thursday. I continue to believe that they need to be careful about this. They should be able to beat the Broncos with Cooper Rush. They can't risk a setback and then, and then have the Cowboys not have a shot to climb the ladder. They have a chance to get higher than four, especially with Aaron Rodgers now on the COVID list and missing at least one game and maybe more. I I, I just think they need to think about the games they'll win with Dak coming up. they got Chiefs and Raiders four days apart later this month. The next two games they could win without Cooper Rush. They just need to be 100% certain that he's good to go before they they risk a re-injury.
4: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you got to be careful. You've said it. We've talked about it. it. It's a delicate little spot on the body there the calf muscle, and, and, you know, yeah, it's a quarterback, I know that, but the calf muscle gets used a lot, throwing, shuffling around the pocket, changing direction, you know, as, as playing the quarterback position. I, I mean, be careful, but I would also say this is a little different team, too. Like, the Broncos are a better defense, there's no doubt about that. Like, life won't be easy on Cooper Rush this week. I mean, the Vikings, as we know, last week, I mean, again, go back and watch that game. I mean, they had to commit to stopping the run to such an extent that they gave so many easy throws to Cooper Rush. Uh, and and of course, then your Vikings corners, I, you know, you're I'm trying to give you a little jab there. The Vikings corners aren't very good either. And I mean, when you watch the game for the most part, it's like, hey, guy, go down there and run a 12 yard curl route. Hey, guy, run a slant route. It wasn't like he was going through reads. It was like, oh, they're trying to stop the run. We got one on one on the outside. Denver's defense is better schematically and talent wise. To where if they do have to go with Cooper Rush, it's not gonna. It's gonna be an uphill battle for sure. So you'd like to have Dak Prescott, but like you said, you don't want to jeopardize the rest of the season or four or five other games just to rush him back.
2: Yeah, and uh, uh, look, the Cowboys are one of the best teams right now in the NFL. Definitely, and the fact Definitely. that they were able to win in Minnesota without Dak Prescott underscores that they're a team that needs needs to be taken very seriously and they may be the team that comes out of the nfc by the time it's all said and done
4: are are you like i get a lot of people you know talk radio stuff like that they're like you know how do you view the cowboys like you know they're not sure yet and i'm just like what i mean there's nothing to not be sure about anymore guys Like, that's over it's we're almost at the halfway point of the year they're definitely like you just said are one of the best teams in football period they are across the board and for a lot of reasons, like we talked about, but yeah, this isn't like, oh, they're going to fall off and like go through a bad stretch at any point. Yeah. They might lose two, three more games throughout the year, but there's no question in my mind that they're here to stay. And with Dak Prescott, they're definitely one of the best teams in the league. The Saints are one of the best teams in the conference, even
2: though they started two and two and they look sluggish and they don't have their starting quarterback in Jameis Winston. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. Taysom Hill returned to practice on Wednesday. The expectation has been that he'll be good to go on Sunday against the Falcons with a concussion. You never know for sure. And you can be cleared, and then you can have a setback. But it's trending in that direction. Sean Payton has to decide, will it be Taysom Hill as the starter or Trevor Simeon as the starter with Taysom Hill as the jack of all trades? They've got the three and four Falcons coming to town. It is... A bitter rivalry still, mm-hmm. and the Falcons are one of those teams. There are nine teams in the NFC that are jockeying for that seventh seed, the way things are right now. It is amazing. Six teams have two or fewer losses in the NFC, and the rest of them all have four or more losses. The Falcons, one of them with four losses. And, hey, this is an opportunity to tighten up a little bit uh, and and also keep themselves in the mix for a playoff berth. So it's not going to be an easy one for the Saints. I still think I'd go with Taysom Hill. Me as too. The starter,
4: Me too. Not Trevor Simeon. Right. Just because
2: they didn't really use Taysom Hill much in the Jack of All Trades That's role right. when Winston
4: was the starter. Right. I I know. Exactly right. You know, it you know, it's one of the reasons I, I thought they would go to Taysom Hill back, you know, when the season started, just because of all the kind of the reasons we saw. You know, the passing offense, it's it's not on the Drew Brees level when he was quarterback. And a lot of young, new wide receivers. You're depending on, you know, a new tight end. Uh, That's where I thought Taysom Hill would be the guy because he can bring an element of the offense that can take a little pressure off some of that stuff. So I would go with Taysom Hill again. They were four and one with him last year at quarterback, and really, you know, kind of messed up a game in Philly where he would have been five and zero. You know, they got a little like caught by surprise with the Jalen Hurts experience and his first start. So that's the angle I would go. I think the Saints are clearly the better team as compared to the Atlanta Falcons. I do all across the board. And especially, you know, the Falcons with no Calvin Ridley, you know, at wide receiver, receiver, just, it changes them a little bit. You know, he's, he's damn good. You know, there's only so many times they could throw the ball to Pitts and Cordero Patterson and their run game's not that special. I mean, you know, I'm, I guess I'm tipping my hand here, but you can tell I like the saints. Yeah. I mean, I like the saints
2: too. And yeah, I wish that, that I would have liked the saints on Sunday i'd have a 10 game lead over you if i had and we've got that stop but rubbing it it, in, it really is unhealthy how competitive we are about yeah, this I, know. I hate you, you feeling just this piss me way. off
4: right there you really did like <laughs> I, I, <anyway. laughs>
2: it's so stupid we're acting like children and i love every minute of it. i know uh, let's you. go ahead and take a break <laughs> by by the way real quickly they're, they're announcing the players of the month yeah and, and and, and, and let's go ahead and give these guys quick resign, uh, recognition because we have time to do it. Cooper Cup is the Offensive Player of the Month for the NFC. On fire. not No real surprise there. Right. Devondre Campbell of the Packers is mm. the Defensive Player of the Month I like it. for the NFC. Good. And on the offensive side of the ball for the AFC, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts there is the Player go. of the Month. Let's Impressive. Go. Give him the ball more. And Kevin. Kevin Bayard of the Titans is the Defensive Player of the Month. Also, Najee Harris is the league's Offensive Rookie of the Month. Haven't seen the Defensive Rookie of the Month come through. I have a feeling it's probably Michael Parsons, right? Who else would it be?
4: I mean, I would think so, too. Michael Parsons. Is there any other rookie playing on defense? I mean, Michael Parsons is already in the conversation for one of the best defensive players in football. I mean, forget rookie or whatever. He's up there with the best guys in the sport. I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, I love watching Michael Parsons. So, good. I'm glad we gave them uh, some recognition. All right, let's take a break. When we
2: return, we're going to have a draft, and we're not doing the Thursday matchup draft today. We are drafting the potential destinations for one Odell Beckham Jr. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. I get so many emails. Oh, I know. I know. About you saying bangles. Yeah. On this show.
4: The, The bangles, you know, blue opportunities. On Football Night in America. Big play bangles, Mike. And on your damn podcast. He's in a rhythm, bangles. Why am
2: I the one that has to bear the brunt of you not knowing the difference between bangle and bangle. And I just respond to him saying, I gave up years ago. Yeah. Bengals, it's bangles, It's
4: not bangles, you moron. That's how I talk. Shut up and deal with it, okay? Uh-huh. I just got an
2: email today, 8.29 a.m. Calling them bangles is lazy and disrespectful. Sims prides himself on his playing days and current friendships, yet he makes foolish lacks of discipline that teams wouldn't tolerate and friends would challenge. That's from Dennis. Oh,
4: Dennis. Thank Come you on. for
2: listening, Dennis.
4: Chill out, Dennis, Dennis. is up
2: early. Dennis lives on the West Coast, so all thank right. you, Dennis. Dennis, uh, um, I, it's, it's I something give up. I say There's wrong. There's nothing
4: I can do. Okay. There's nothing
2: I can do. Dennis. You won't say Bengals. You say Bengals. I think you do it on purpose now. I think you're
4: trolling I'm me. I'm not. It's just, I don't know. It's it's how I don't know if it's something I grew up in North Jersey. Is how I said. I mean, again, we can go around the country, and I can find a ton of people who say things the wrong way all the time. I mean, you know, shut up. It's not tournament. It's tournament. <laughs> it's tournament. It's not spelled tour de France. It's tournament. I bet you Dennis says tournament. It's tournament, Dennis. How disrespectful to every tournament in all of sports. It's tournament. Like, I mean, come on, shut up. Bangles. Did you say deal with it. Did you say tour de France? That's a tour de France. But yet okay. with the tournament everyone uh, goes tournament. All right. Yep, you got to go. First pick for you, yeah. the OBJ destinations, and I assume it will not be the Bengals or the Bengals. No, it would. It actually be kind of cool if he did go there, him and Jamar Chase. But no, it's not going to be. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. That's where. I, that's where I want to go see him first. I do. Yeah, I just. I mean, would I love to see him opposite Tyree Kill with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? I think they need another weapon. You know, yeah, their season is it's hanging in the balance here. There's no doubt about that. But I do think they're a team that will. You know, know how to get him the ball, and they need another weapon badly. And I would just love to see that firepower for the the pure theatrics of all of it.
2: I love a good story, and uh, the rich getting richer, the arms race in the NFC, the Buccaneers, we talked about it earlier, put him on the practice squad for a little while, let everyone in Tampa see what this guy will do with Tom Brady, and uh, put him on the the 53-man roster and get him on the field just in time for the Buccaneers to mash the gas pedal in December. That will be fascinating if it happens.
4: I, I don't even want to see that. I can't believe you want to see that. i They have so many weapons. They are most weapons I've almost seen in any team in the history of football. I don't want to see that. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm going to challenge that one. And you I just,
2: you just hate Tom Brady and don't
4: want him to win another Super Bowl. No, I don't care. I, I don't care. I'm fine with it either way. Tom Brady's awesome. I'm all for that. I just don't want to see him there. I don't. They're good enough. They got enough going on. I want to see, you know, I want to see things get equal and interesting. I'm in. I'm into that more than than anything. All right. Uh, all right. Well. I'll have to go to the Green Bay COVIDs. I'm going to go there next. (laughs) Going there. I mean, yeah. As much as I'm pissed off at Aaron Rodgers and how cavalier he's been with this and the fact that he's definitely gambling the Super Bowl chances of the Green Bay Packers, uh, they're, they're another team. We've talked about this for five weeks in a row. They need another guy. We know that. And, of course, Odell with Devontae Adams and the way Rodgers throws the ball and of course, you know, they they run the right plays all the time. They can just they could really stress out a team and I think it would take their team to another stratosphere. I am
2: going to go See, I think he's going to end up with the Saints. But this is more I guess our preferred destinations. Right. Um and, and again, I, I just I love to see the all in move and then wait to see if it works or not. And we mentioned the Rams. This falls right in line with what the Rams oh. do. They cut Deshaun Jackson. Tutu Atwell's out for the year. I know they've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson, but. You know, you, you add Odell Beckham Jr. to that mix. Just Damn make you. him a running back. You just want I, all-star I,
4: teams, huh, apparently? I, I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm
2: fascinated by the possibilities, and he's going to want to go somewhere where the deck is stacked in his favor to try to win a Super Bowl, I guarantee you, because in his mind that will be the ultimate vindication from his time with the Giants and his time with the Browns. I got to pick my spot and I picked a winner, and I got a Super Bowl ring, and I was a difference maker in helping the team get there. So I'll go Rams. If not Bucks,
4: I'll go Rams. Okay, damn, you're you're, you're all about it. Um, okay, we're we going Let's take more? a break. Okay. Let's take a break. Okay, no. cool.
2: By the way, by the way, Nick Bolton of the Chiefs is the defensive rookie of the month, not Micah Parsons, so maybe they are trying to spread the wealth a little bit at 345 Park Avenue. We'll do round three of the Odell Beckham Jr. destination draft right after this on PFT Live. All right, here we go. The first two rounds are in, the all-important
4: round three. Christopher, you're up. All right. Um, I mean, there is a part of me that would like to see him go to the Raiders. There is. But I, I, I'm going to go with my boy, Blue. I'm going to go there in Buffalo. Oh, I, knew yeah. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I can't help it. You know, I think last week kind of shows why they need it. You know, a little bit of an underwhelming win against the Dolphins, who played a lot of man-to-man in the game. And, again, I know everyone thinks they're firepower. Buffalo's offense has not been nearly what it was last year. And I know Brian Dayballs had some family issues, and, of course, they were really good, and the league is studying them. But they need something else. They do. Like, they they need another weapon. You know, as I always say, there's a reason Emmanuel Sanders is on his third team in three years. Cole Beasley's solid, but he's a third or fourth receiver. Come on, Bills. Go get OBJ.
2: You know – I've kicked around several possibilities. The Cowboys are one, but they don't need him. They just don't need him. It would be fascinating. They don't need him. Um, how about the Cardinals?
4: Oh, look at you. Look at you. You want to give the teams with all weapons more weapons. You're unbelievable. Yes. yes. Yeah. You are well, unbelievable. You're building fantasy teams over here.
2: I, I want to see how he'll survive and possibly thrive among those weapons. Well, Will he stand out? Right? Yeah.
4: Right, I, will I mean, he make yeah. a difference?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, he you can't go to no, the Vikings. The, I don't want him on my Vikings. Oh He's a no, cancer. I'm don't kidding. worry, I'm no, kidding. No, wait, I'm kidding. Please
4: don't go to the Vikings, OBJ. Please don't. Yes, yeah. uh, you're, you're. Uh, all right, I'm shocked. I'm amazed by you.
2: We apparently have a throwback Thursday. Let's see what it is. I have no idea what it is, so you'll see our reaction. Oh, it's the Jets' final drive against the Colts from the 2010 AFC wildcard Card game. Wow. The Jets would make it that year to the AFC Championship. That was when Mark Sanchez won four playoff road games Uh in two seasons, setting the all-time record for playoff road wins by a quarterback. I remember watching this game. Peyton Manning and the Colts went down to Rex Ryan, the New York Jets, there was Ladanian Tomlinson yeah, with the Jets. Yeah, I know.
4: Ooh. And then that was the next week they went to New England and beat Brady and company. I mean, that was amazing. Destroyed
2: them. Yes. Destroyed them. After losing badly to Brady and company on a Monday night a month earlier, yeah. that was one of those games where pressure up the middle repeatedly, Definitely. and they took down that the was Patriots.
4: Rex Ryan and his prime, man, they were creative and good on that defensive side of the ball we'll get a game like that tonight. Only
2: one way to find out. Watch it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya.
0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
1: Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind.